For those who were here last week, you'll understand what this is here for. Um, for those who missed it, I'm going to just spend a little bit of time to explain it. But uh, last week we, we've started a series called Free. Um, and to be free, we, what we've got to understand is that we are first caged. We are, we are caged. And we, last week we spoke about the idea that we can actually get to the point where we are caged by fear. Uh, that's very present in our world at the moment. People are scared, and some people don't have a reason to be scared, but they are. And we don't have to be scared just about a virus. We can be scared about so many other things, and we can live life caged. We can be caged by our past. We can be caged by unforgiveness. We can be caged by grief. We can be caged by hurt. We can be caged by our present. We can look around and go, do you know what? My life is terrible. I'm never gonna, nothing's going to change. And often when you're caged like that in your present, you are worried about your future and you become caged by what may happen or what you think probably will happen. And all of a sudden, life becomes this trap that we do. And, and the thing is, we, get so, we can get so caught up the fact that we're in a cage, we go, you know what, there's no way out of this, I might as well make the best of it. It sounds like a positive attitude. I'm just going to make the best of it. But what we do, we pretend maybe there is no cage. We dress up our cage. We actually make it look good. So everyone goes, well, at least my cage is not as bad as them. But no matter what happens in that situation, you are then left with this thing. You are still trapped. You are still caged. And Jesus came back to set us free. Like, Jesus made that quite clear. And we're going to talk about that today. Jesus has come to make us free. And so if we choose this, we are not choosing what Jesus wants for us. And for some of us, we're not choosing Jesus. That's the reality. We're not choosing Jesus. We're choosing maybe to get ourselves out of the cage. And last week I finished with this question. So I thought it would be a good place to say, what will set me free? Uh, what will set me free? And we watched this brief video looking at uh, this bird cage and how Jesus was willing to do what he did to set us free. But we're going to explore that idea a little bit today because we're going to be talking about what Jesus did and why he did it and why he is the one that can do it. Because I, I, some of you still might be out there going, you know what, my life isn't that bad and if I can just get my fingers through the cage, I might be able to get to the lock and I might be able to get myself out of here. Some of you think I can get myself out of the mess that I find myself in. Some of you think, okay, as I said before, my cage is not that bad, it's actually pretty comfortable. And we learn to live with that. Some of us just dress it up a bit and we compare it to other people and we go, we live through this idea that if I'm just better than other people, then my life is better. That's what Facebook is. Facebook is a lot of times this way of making our life look better than what it really is at times. We take all the happy photos. We don't take all the photos where like, have you, have you, have you ever had like a family photo and, and like maybe no one really wants to be there? So to get that perfect shot, it is actually agonizing. And so you're standing there like, and the final photos, everyone's smiling, everyone looks happy. But the hour that led up to that photo, the family, they, you're ready to bury some of the kids. That's, that's how bad it was. Like Kids were like fighting and pinching and pushing. And I remember years ago, um, it was my grandma's 70th birthday and we all got together. And, and so my, my parents were from a big family and a number of, of them, uh, or we were in big families. And so we were all lining up for the photo. And I could just hear my mum's voice because my brothers and I probably weren't behaving as we should have. And we were telling jokes and I could hear my mum gritting through a smile going, like saying our names at different times, going, shh, 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 
smile and get the photo done. But the thing is, the end photo looks great. And that's what we happen. We get to this place where we, we're looking through this false lens and going, hey, life is okay. But it's not. And so we, we come to this question of what will set us free or who will set us free. And again, just so you're not hanging all, all, all set, the answer is Jesus. So I just, I'll, let, I'll let you sort of hang on to that for a little bit. But as you looked at that, that passage, that, or as you listened to that passage and maybe read it up the front that Mick just read to us, I want to pull a few things from that for us. First of all, we are the reason that Jesus came. Now, some of you go like, yeah, of course, that's, that's right. Now, now, what I'm saying is that we are the reason that Jesus came. There, was, there wasn't another reason. There wasn't sort of like he was killing two birds with one stone. It wasn't like he was visiting some mates and then he sort of did a side mission on the, on the side. He, he came for us. And I want to read the, and that verse, uh, verse 18 again. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord's faith. So Jesus actually lists, and this actually, he's quoting the book of Isaiah, but then he goes on to say, today in your midst this has actually come true. So either Jesus was a bit full of himself or was, he was exactly who he said he was. And so we've got to hang on to that idea. But we break it down. Good news to the poor. If you are poor, you're often struggling to feed your bellies. You're often wondering where we're going to sleep tonight. You're often, there are so many more concerns that you have when you are struggling like that. And Jesus said, I've come to give you good news. And sometimes even broke it down even further. It wasn't just people who were poor in pocket, but those who were poor in spirit, for those who were upset, those who were depressed, those who were struggling to see the purpose in life. I've come to give you good news. And he goes, and I have come to set prisoners, I proclaim freedom to prisoners. Now, if you're a prisoner, what can we assume has happened? You've done something wrong. Like, there are, there are, there are people that go to jail as political prisoners and other things like that. There are people that get jailed falsely. But most of the time, when you are in prison, you have done something wrong. And here, this passage is saying, is that we are all prisoners. I'll include myself, just so you don't think I'm skipping myself for some reason. We are all prisoners. And Jesus come, has come to set us all free, in spite of the things that we've done wrong. To recovery from sight um, to, to the blind, for the blind. Again, if you're blind, you are in a form of prison. You can't see, you can't live, you can't live life to the fullness. And Jesus said, and he even did it, like blind Bartimaeus, he said, I'm going to heal you so you can live life to its fullest. And so Jesus is, is, is metaphorically saying, I want people to see the life that I have for them. And to do that, I'm going to open their eyes. I'm going to set them free. And then he says, I'm going to set the oppressed free. So oppressed are people that are not just people in jail. They are under bondage. They are under a weight. They are weighed down. They are slaves. And Jesus said, I have come to set you free. See, Jesus was announcing by reading this passage in, his, in, in, the, in, the, in the synagogue that my reason for coming is this, to set people free. And that, that, is, that is my, I want, I'm coming for this, I'm coming for you, I'm coming to set you free. 
Jesus, we weren't a side mission for Jesus or an adventure for Jesus. We weren't something that Jesus fitted into his spare time. Have you ever done that? You've gone to do one thing and go, hey, I can, I can help you out with that while I'm, I'm over there. I can do this little job. We weren't a side job for Jesus. We were the sole reason he came. Freedom wasn't an accidental occurrence that just happened. Jesus came along, oh, look what I did. Oh, that's a good outcome. We, some of us accidentally cook something good at times. Some of us do it on purpose. Some of us accidentally do it on purpose. Well, not on purpose, but it just happened. But Jesus, when Jesus came to set us free, it wasn't an accident. Jesus understood his why and what we need to realise is that we were his why. When, when you look at Jesus' motivation for doing all the things that we do, put your name in there. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Keith Rose. Why did Jesus come to earth? Keith Rose. Now, don't say that to yourself because you'll sound a bit weird at home, okay? Put your own name in there, okay? Like, um, don't put my name in because then all everyone will go, boy, that Keith is really needing help. Like, everyone's going around the church talking about Jesus and all the stuff for Keith. But the thing is, what we need to realise is that Jesus, that was his why. But this becomes the truth, that Jesus knows where we are. In fact, Jesus knows this is... For some of us, we've been freed from the cage. Some of us have walked back into it. Some of us are here and we're, we're totally free of this cage because Jesus has set us free. But when Jesus has met us, Jesus knew exactly where we were. Now, have you ever been surprised by someone rocking up on your doorstep and you're not expecting them? Okay, someone rocks up. And for some of us, it becomes that situation where you go, oh, if I let you in upstairs, how clean is it upstairs? What have my kids done? Um, has the dog peed on the floor at all? Like All those things may run through your head. And, and all of a sudden you go, oh, is it acceptable for me to bring in guests? Now, if you do a prearranged, I'll come over for dinner, then you do the mad clean beforehand and get everything ready. And I remember years ago um, when Tessa was like, she probably was about three months old, we decided to surprise um, Elizabeth's parents up in Yapoon here. And so um, we, we decided to go, well, Tessa's going to sleep best through the night. So we left at like 12 o'clock at night to drive all the way up to Yapoon. And we thought it was going to be a, a horrible trip because she was kind of grizzly for the first hour. And that was because we were driving through Brisbane. As soon as we hit the highway, she slept all the way to Jinjin, I think. But basically we got to Yapoon and we went to the bakery that um, my mother-in-law worked at and sort of just lined up as customers to surprise her. Now, I'm not sure how she felt about that because there was no way she could get home before us to clean anything. Um, fortunately, she wasn't a mess like maybe um, maybe because all her kids were out of home by then. So, um, But we basically just rocked up and surprised her. And so you can catch people out doing that. Now, just for the sake of stress, please don't do that to people, like to see what their response may be. Um, but like, um, we can catch people out that way. But the thing is, we actually try and do that exact thing with, with Jesus. We try and dress ourselves up. Like we try and make, okay, Jesus is coming to check us out in our cage. Let's, let us, let's sort of cover up all those sins in the corner. I'm just gonna shove that stuff into my bed and all that rotten stuff in my life. I'll cover it up with other stuff in the bin and so it's not, and I'll just spray some stuff so it doesn't smell as bad. And we try and present our lives better to Jesus. The thing is you need to write, and this is the problem with this, Jesus has seen, our, sees our lives in 100% clarity. Okay, he sees our attitude, he sees our actions, he actually knows what we're 
thinking about doing and the things that we should have been thinking about doing, he knows it in 100% clarity. Now, for some of you, you kind of go, oh, that's not really good. Because Jesus sees the good and the bad and the ugly. He sees it all. But it's not all bad in that. Because despite the fact that Jesus sees our lives 100% how they are, and he knows all about us, he still came to set us free. Remember? His why for coming was to set us free. And despite the fact that he knew how horrible we were, he still came. You need to hang on to that. We just watched that video of the woman caught in adultery. Um, and that's from one of the um, things that happened with Jesus. He, he was basically out teaching and walking with his disciples one day and this crowd of men brought this woman near naked um, in front of Jesus and threw him down and basically said, this woman's been caught in adultery. She was exposed in probably the worst way anyone could ever imagine. And then they made it worse by saying, the law says that she should be stoned for her sin. Now she's probably going, I'd welcome a big rock right now because I am so embarrassed, I am so ashamed of maybe what I've done, but even this current situation of this crowd of people circling in. Like, um, they say when you're standing up in front of people, imagine everyone naked. Well, this is the reverse and it's actually reality for her. She is in this position and everyone knows why she's there. You imagine one of your sins and you have to stand up in, in front of church and say, and be judged by everyone or judged in a big crowd of people and saying, you have done this and everyone knows why you're there. That would be so shameful. And yet Jesus stood there and he looked at her he challenged the crowd saying, well, if you guys are such clean people, you guys start throwing rocks. You start throwing the stones. And of course, Jesus' tone and probably the Holy Spirit was working and these guys go, no, not me. I can't pick up anything and throw it. And as they said in the video, she began to hear footsteps of all the people walking away. Now Jesus knew exactly what she had been doing. And these are the words... He said, has no one condemned you? And neither do I. He said, go and sin no more. Now, again, you could actually translate go and sin no more. He says, go and live in freedom. Go and live out of bondage. Go live outside the cage. Now, Jesus didn't say, go and live better and I might accept you later on. Jesus said, I have freedom for you right now. I know exactly what you have been doing. I know how long. I know how many men you've been with. I know all of that. And in spite of that, I am saying, go and sin no more. Go and live in freedom. Now, if you think that your life is not good enough for Jesus, you are right. But he still has come to you in that situation and he loves you anyway. And he's standing there wanting to give you freedom. And what we need to understand is that Jesus is the only one who can do what needs to be done. Now, this is really hard for us because, like... Sometimes for men, even some of our, our, our women are growing up, we're going to be independent, we want to be strong. I can do anything, I can, I can just work harder and, and we have that kind of mentality. But you know what, if we are in bondage, if we are in sin, we are stuck. We cannot get out of here. And Jesus is the only one that needs to be done that can do that for us. And again, we saw the video this morning of the paralytic and again, it's one of the stories that happened around Jesus that he was teaching one day and he had crammed into a house. 
Now, again, I, I can only imagine, because sometimes you go, what that would have been like for us. Like, I would have had people upstairs, downstairs, in the backyard, and people would have arrived at my house going, oh, how do I get in? And so what happened? This paralytic was carried on a mat, and his four friends who were carrying there got there and went, the front door, people are kind of all sandwiched in. It's like sardines. We can't push through that. I wouldn't have been able to push through it even if I was by myself, but to carry a man on a mat through that, we'll never get through. So what they decided to do, um, a lot of times they lived on the top of their houses, the flat houses, they'd go up in the late afternoon and enjoy the coolness of night, and so they, they went up the steps on the outside of the house and then decided to do things that you always want people that are visiting your house who are strangers to start digging through the roof. Okay, would have been a really, um, I can imagine the owner of the house in the corner sort of going, what's going on? And like, even after he left, oh, that was amazing that Jesus did that, but couldn't have he done something about the roof as well? Like, um, but anyway, basically they're on the roof, they'd make a hole big enough to lower him down, and, and the thing is, the people underneath would have been there getting sort of, starting to get dust and, and stuff in their eyes as it started to fall from the ceiling, and then they would have started to stand back. So Jesus was waiting for him as he came down. And, and like, yeah, hi everyone. Like, it would, have, it would have been that sort of awkwardness at the beginning. And, and so Jesus looked at him and he could not only sort of, he understood what this man was wanting. He wasn't, Jesus wasn't a dummy. He went, this guy can't walk. He's done this so he can walk. The Pharisees were there going, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And so Jesus did something that only he could do. He forgave his sins. And the video made the point that Jesus wasn't alluding to, he was actually saying, by, by the fact that I'm forgiving your sins, I am saying I am the one person that can do this. I am saying that I am God. God is the only one that can forgive our sins. And Jesus was saying, today I am telling you so clearly that I am God. I forgive your sins. But just so you know that what I'm saying is true, rise up and walk. The most important thing that happened for that man today was that he was set free from his sin. It was a bonus to be set free from the lack of gravity that he couldn't use his legs. Jesus freed that man twice that day, but his sin was the mo most important thing. And see, what we need to realise though, again, if this becomes our home and we say that Jesus is the only way because Jesus is God and Jesus is the one that can forgive us our sins and Jesus can set our free, us free, that we can actually refuse the key, Jesus' keys to freedom because we don't want his help. Maybe it's because we don't want help from Jesus or I want to do it myself. Maybe um, we don't believe that Jesus is who he is. Maybe, maybe we've got a whole lot of other reasons where we don't want to accept the help of Jesus. Maybe, maybe my cage is not that bad. You're still stuck at that point going, my cage is okay. I'm willing to live in it. And we refuse what Jesus has done. And it won't be the first time. We go back to the passage that, oh, just after the passage that Mick read to us this morning in Luke chapter 4. We jump up to verses 28 and 30. And so Jesus had said um, in that passage that today um, this passage has come true. And he started talking with the, the the people in that room. Now, these were, this was his hometown. And so there was a bit of a conversation and eventually Jesus said, well, I, I, am, I am this guy. And the people actually went, well, we don't want to need Jesus for our salvation. And so in verse 28, when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. So these people were in church, basically, and they got very upset. Now, I'm glad this doesn't happen in our church. 
Um, but basically, jumping up, they mobbed him, forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built, and they intended to push him over the cliff. Jesus actually stood up and said, I have come to set you free. And you, Bob, and you, Bill, and you, Freddie, I've come to set you free. Yeah, me, Jesus. I'm going to set you free. And their response to the, 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 the announcement of this good news that I'm going to be set free, let's get him. That was their response to Jesus. Now, we do the same thing at times. We say, well, no, I'm going to push Jesus out of my life. In verse 30, and he, they put, went to push him over the cliff and he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. They didn't have the ability to do something against God unless he allowed it. The fact is that, that Jesus is the only one who can set us free can be the reason we refuse to accept. We kind of want multiple choices. We might want to look, oh, is there an easier way than this way? Or is there something better? Or is there something different? And if, I, if, I, if I say yes to Jesus, what's that going to mean for me? But we look in John 8, verses 34 to 36. And again, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people. And he says, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You are in prison. You are stuck. You are oppressed. That is your truth. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the son sets you free, you are free indeed. We're talking about freedom this month. And we're talking about getting to that place that we can live free. And, and, and to live free, these, this is the steps we need to understand. That first of all, there is a cage around our lives. We are trapped. We cannot get out of it by ourselves. Now, again, some of you have moved past the cage. You, you've come to the point you've accepted Jesus. Some of you, though, have accepted Jesus in your life and then come back. You know what? I'm going to jump back in the cage. I like the familiar surroundings. And you actually choose slavery again. You get caught up in sin again. You get caught up in worry again. You get caught up in, in not trusting what God has for you. And you accept the cage again. But we've got to accept there is a cage. And we've got to accept that Jesus is the one with the keys. Jesus is the one who can open the door. And you can look at a whole lot of other ways. And trust me, there are people in this world who have looked and looked and looked and tried to find a way, another way to find freedom. And I, do, I believe there is no way to freedom except through Jesus Christ. And the whole reason that he came was to give you freedom. God sent his son into the world so that we may experience the life that God wants for us. God didn't come to make us feel bad. Do you know what makes us feel bad? It's our sin. And when Jesus is around, he reminds us of our sin because he is pure and we are not. But Jesus says, I've actually come to set you free from feeling bad. We've come to set you free from feeling like you're not good enough. We've come to set you free from feeling you've got to, you've got to pay it back all. Like, you, Jesus, I've come to set you free. Don't get stuck in this idea of bondage. So that's step two. We need to understand that Jesus has come for the purpose to set us free. He's the only one who can do it. And next week, we're going to actually talk about stepping into freedom. How do, what does that look like for us? And then week four, so again, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. Week four, we're talking about living free, about removing this cage altogether and, and moving away from it. And so I pray you can sort of um, be here for the next few weeks. 
Uh, today, if you are going, do you know what? I, I, I need to understand how Jesus does this in my life. I need to understand how Jesus brings me freedom. If you've come with someone today, you might want to talk to um, them. Uh, you might want to come and grab me uh, and we can have a chat about it. But the idea is that Jesus has come to set you free. You were his purpose. He loved you that much that he said, I've come to give you freedom and its fullness. And so um, don't, don't miss this opportunity of, of what Jesus has done for you um, and, and to really live in the fullness of the life he has. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that you have come. We thank you that you are in our lives in such a way that you are giving us, um, you want to give us abundance in life. Um, you realise that our, our sinfulness, you realise the ugliness of our lives and, and you love us anyway. And even in that midst you went, I'm going to come for the purpose of setting you free. I'm going to come and get you out of your mess and I'm going to put you into a new and clean life. And so Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you that you love us even when we, we re-enter the cage at times. I thank you for that, Lord. I, I pray that each one here knows that Jesus has come that you have come for them, that, that, you, that their name was on your heart and you, they were your why for coming. And so Lord, I, I thank you for that. Help us to understand that you are our only way out. And that's a good thing, not a bad thing. That is a great thing to have you as the one who is giving us freedom. You are the one who is giving us life. And I pray that we would come to understand that more and more fully in our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen.